everybody welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at the 8th and 9th book in the private series I believe. So starting off with Revelation and then moving into Paradise Lost. I think I said in the last review that I did on this series that I was skipping over a book called Last Christmas because it's technically a prequel to the spin-off series about uh, Ariana, the bad guy from the first four books. So I'm skipping that book just to try and get to that witchy stuff that I was promised a little bit sooner. So the, the pile to read is slowly dwindling and I'm very glad of that because I'm looking forward to getting into the witchy stuff because although my interest in the private school drama of Reed Brennan's life was enough to sustain me for the first four books, I feel like this four books really dragged. So let's get into Revelation. Obviously there's going to be spoilers uh, because I'm trying to summarise these in such a way that if you want to read the witchy ones you don't really have to plough through the whole series like I did. So Revelation is the fourth book in like the second quartet of books that centre around Cheyenne's death. I'm going to be mentioning drugs, sexual assault, uh, suicide and murder. So hold on to your hats people. So we kick this book off in the wake of Reed being outed for her uh, liaison with Dash, Noelle's ex-boyfriend, and basically making her a pariah, an Ivy Slade having vowed revenge on Billings and Noelle in particular. I feel like this book is simultaneously too padded and also rushed because all the action happens in the last four chapters and the rest of it is just kind of an epic snooze fest um, because it's basically just reads scurrying around after people kissing ass sucking up and generally in really cringy ways trying to hang on to her friendships with the Billings girls trying to get back in with them there are a couple of moments where she kind of sticks up for herself but is so unsuccessful at it that Honestly, I was embarrassed for her, so there we go. Also, she continues to be stalked and her stalker keeps like breaking into her bedroom and wrecking stuff and leaving stuff. And not once does she tell like campus security or go to the dean or any of that stuff. Uh, it just happens and she doesn't tell anyone. And I was really worried like the whole time uh, that she was going to get blamed for something because of this, but also annoyed with her for not acting like a real person. But there we go. So we start the book with uh, Reed returning to campus after the Thanksgiving break. Um, all this stuff still up in the air. She's very quickly ousted from Billings by a near unanimous vote. Um, she's forced to leave. Noelle tries to like strip her of all of her Billings goodies that she's been acquiring over the last couple of books, you know, designer handbags and what have you. But Reed manages to evade this. Uh, but she's kicked out. She has to move into Pemberley, which is a lesser dorm. Uh, and she kind of hangs around with a couple of other girls uh, who have been mentioned in other books, but basically just using them so she's not on her own. Her new next door neighbour, however, is Ivy Slade, who continues to be an out-and-out -out cow for the whole book. Almost caricaturishly evil. <laughs> so there we go. Um, and then the rest of the book is her trying to get to the bottom of who actually murdered Cheyenne, but not actually managing to make that much progress on it. She alternately suspects various people uh, and then finds out that they have alibis. Uh, these include Ivy herself, uh, for a bit she's sort of concerned about Noelle, and a girl called Amberly, who is who has been chosen to replace her as a Billings girl, who is a freshman and heir to like a coffee shop empire who was kissing Reed's ass in previous books, but is now 
treating her like she's public enemy number one because she doesn't need to use her anymore. Uh, Reed continues to be enamoured with Noelle, even though Noelle is kind of a bitch. Some of it's understandable because, you know, Reed did make out with her boyfriend, but also a lot of it is very personal and kind of deeply horrible, so... I don't really like Noelle and I judge Reed for considering her a friend. So there's a lot of buzz about Reed being the murderer and also she's trying to find out who the murderer actually is. But she never gives any kind of suspicion towards Sabine, who has been my number one <laughs> um, on my suspect list since the first book in, in this like quartet. Because it's Sabine who is her roommate, who obviously has a lot of access to her room. It's Sabine who hated Cheyenne. In, in the first book um sabine who kept like bringing her drinks at the legacy sabine who keeps trying to convince her that noel is is evil and trying to put a wedge between them which obviously is successfully done with the the video that shows her having sex with dash so reed never considers it to be sabine sabine is who it actually is and i was so excited when we finally got to the reveal but it was kind of underwhelming to be honest what happens at the end of the book is that, having had Ivy cleared by the police, Ivy and Reed begin an alliance and they're working together because Ivy wants to know who killed Cheyenne as much as Reed does for different reasons. She suspected Noelle, but Reed knows that Noelle has an alibi. So knowing that their number one suspects didn't pan out, they decide to join forces for like two chapters to try and find out who is actually the evil one. They then break into Billings with someone else's key card, go to Reed's old room to go through um the coffee girls. What did I say her name was? Amberly? It's such a stupid name. Um to, to to look through her stuff and find out if she's the killer. She obviously isn't, but they end up accidentally knocking over a picture which has been on Sabine's bedside table since she moved in. And in breaking the picture they find out that the end of it has been folded over. And who should be pictured in the end of that picture? But Ariana Osgood, the bad guy from the first book um, so it turns out that Sabine and Ariana, despite looking like basically nothing alike, are sisters. I guess it's meant to be like maybe Sabine looks more like her mom and Ariana looks more like her dad. To me, it made more sense if they were like stepsisters, but apparently they're sisters. And basically everything Sabine has done since getting to Easton has been to try and get vengeance against Reed for ruining her sister's life and taking her place in Billings. Not actually what happened, but she's is just as comic book villain unhinged as Ariana was before her. So basically, she's the one who drugged Joss, uh, Joss? Josh, so that Cheyenne could make a move on him. She then, uh, having seen that that wasn't enough to break her and Josh up, held Cheyenne at gunpoint and forced her to take the overdose that killed her. She then went to the legacy and gave Reed and Dash ecstasy and then arranged uh, a note to be sent to Reed so that she'd go up to the roof, putting her and Dash together while they were very drunk and also on ecstasy, and then filmed the video that was shown to everybody. Um, since then, she's been planting stuff in Reed's room to freak her out, trying to convince her she's slowly going mad, just like Ariana was slowly going mad, I guess. And has basically been doing all of this in the name of destroying Reed's life and uh, distancing her from Noelle and Billings and everything else that she came across through the ruination of Ariana. 
So I kind of got that, that it makes sense. This little maniacal tirade comes out at a party, so everyone is witness to it. Noelle has already kind of forgiven Reed because Reed stood up and made a speech at the Christmas dinner and it was all very cute. Um, so I guess Noelle and Reed are like friends again now, maybe? Uh, but Sabine's definitely guilty because like loads of people heard her confess. And then right at the end, just to really hammer home the fact that she's evil, she whips out a gun <laughs> out of fucking nowhere and uh, starts waving it around and then points it at Reed and is like, haha, glack, glack, motherfucker. But then Josh jumps in the way and then everything goes black. And that's the end of that book. So it kind of sounds exciting, doesn't it? But all of the exciting shit that I've just described happens in like the last 20 pages. <laughs> like Everything up until that point is just Reed moping around campus and being miserable and having conversations with people and internally thinking, God, I wish I was back at Billings. These people are such plebs. Which doesn't really endear Reed to me as a character. Um, but the sort of semi-interesting is her truce with Ivy. Uh, I get the feeling that Ivy could be maybe more of a force for good than Noelle, because Noelle is extremely self-interested. Whereas Ivy seems to have matured a little bit, given all the horrible things that happened to her because of Billings. So... It'll be interesting to see where that goes. At various points during Revelation, uh, Reed actually describes Ivy as looking like a witch because she has like long dark hair and she wears a lot of black. Uh, I'm not saying that that's made me hopeful for, for witchy mentions coming soon. Because look, I know one of the prequels is about witches. That's what we're driving at. That's what the whole point of this series has been. But it would be really nice if we knew any of this stuff. And I'm just clinging on, really, to dear life, to any mention of anything slightly witchy. Because I'm hoping that we'll get there. But I don't think we're going to be getting there in the next novel in the series, which is Paradise Lost, which appears to be all about a Caribbean holiday. I can't think of anything less witchy than that, uh, but we'll get into that. And then hopefully in the coming books, we'll begin to see some of that witch plot dribble in. Having finally put the books in the order in which I'm meant to be reading them, because shut up, I'm organised, I've identified the fact that this next book in the series, Paradise Lost, is the beginning of like another sort of quartet of books that seem to be relating to the same thing in paradise lost which i have yet to read but will be the second book to be reviewed in this episode um reading the others go on a little caribbean getaway to kind of recover from two years of fucking murder and scandal and crime and shit and then it seems like the three books after this are all mentioning reed's terrifying caribbean holiday in the blurb so clearly something happens on this holiday and that's going to be the reasoning behind all of the like next four books stuff and then after those four books is finally when i get to read the book of spells prequel and then it seems that the books after that are the ones that have all the stuff about like billings's magical legacy and so i feel like that's the point at which the author run out of ideas you know how in supernatural tv series it's like they go to space and then time travel and then the show gets cancelled i feel like this is like first we had like private school and then we had private school we're doing all the same things again but slightly amped up and now we've got like caribbean island holiday and then it's like i don't know witches i guess but but i'm hopeful hopefully going to be excited i think there's at least three books with the witchy stuff in it which i'm not going to say is worth me having read the preceding 12 novels but hopefully it'll be worth it to you guys if you just listen to these for the summary and then get into those so i'm gonna go away and read paradise lost and then we're gonna get back into it and i'll tell you what happened my guess is murder
I was bloody wrong as well. Paradise Lost, then <laughs> I have just finished reading it. And uh, I have to say, it feels like the setup to a different novel, which makes sense because it seems like the one that comes after it, Suspicion, which I will also be now reviewing in this review, is like the second part to it. So it feels like one book split into two. So much of Paradise Lost is set up. It's their arrival in St. Baths and they're meeting this entirely new group of people that I have to remember the names of. So you've got Sawyer and Graham, who are the sons of the prospective new headmaster at um, Eastern Academy. We've got Noelle's dad and mum who play like bit parts. We meet Paige and Daniel, brother and sister and son and daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Ryan, who like own most of the island and like other people who throw most of the parties over the course of this novel. And we also get introduced to Upton Giles who is uh, sex on legs and the main star of the Upton game which is part of the plot of this novel basically the girls compete every year to see which one of them can bed Upton by the end of the holiday thereby winning the Upton game and he's kind of a man whore so obviously he becomes inexplicably enamored with Reed who we still don't really know anything about what she looks like or personality wise but she's Bella swanning her way through every man in this universe so Upton Giles now likes her and that forms kind of the key conflict of the book because the final new character we're introduced to is Poppy who is essentially British Noelle in the sense that she is also kind of a self-centered and giant powerful bitch and she kind of has this delusion that Upton is her boyfriend and that their love is eternal and therefore instantly hates Reed and Paige and Daniel Ryan end up taking her side as does Sienna kind of bit character who doesn't really do much in the novel uh, and that sets up the kind of core conflict for the book in general. Around a third of the way into the book Poppy has her hopes for Upton dashed and sort of jets off into the night on her own private boat leaving behind her car with blood in it uh, and everyone theorizes that she's just gone away because she likes attention and this is just a classic poppy move but given the way that the novels have gone up until now it seems pretty obvious that she's being set up as the murder victim for these next four books and i give the author a lot of credit for this because she seems to know her own formula really well and knows exactly how to subvert expectations because Poppy appears towards the end of the book completely unharmed she has just gone off looking for attention the core plot of this novel seems to be, like, the whole puppy thing is a red herring. People keep trying to kill Reed, is, is the plot. She goes on a horse ride and her horse gets mysteriously spooked. She goes on a jet ski ride and her jet ski has been tampered with, nearly crashing her into some rocks. And then, finally, in the final, like, I'm not even kidding here, like, ten pages of the book, she gets caught about to seal the deal with Upton by Poppy and Mrs. Ryan and runs off into the night when he doesn't like stick around to comfort her in this embarrassing moment goes out onto the deck of, of the yacht or big ship that they're partying on and gets shoved overboard on the final page so three attempts have been made on her life and and that is the end of, of paradise lost as i said it's not a very long book not a huge amount going on it does feel like mostly set up for the book that comes next in the series suspicion I will have a, just make one final point. Paradise Lost is also the book where they get to discuss some of the Sabine stuff. And it reminded me of something that had kind of been niggling away at the back of my mind since I read the preceding book, uh, where Sabine was revealed to be Ariana's half-sister, and she's confirmed to be a half-sister, so that's why they didn't look alike. 
But Noelle has ostensibly been friends with Ariana for quite a while, if I remember the, the first four books correctly. How has she never met or heard of the fact that she had a half-sister called Sabine? Did her family know that Sabine was going to become a murderer and infiltrate Eastern Academy and therefore they kept her existence a secret? Because that's the only reason I can think of for doing that. It just feels like kind of a massive plot hole with the preceding four books, but there we go. Anyway, Paradise Lost ends on that cliffhanger, so I immediately picked up Suspicion, which is, if possible, even shorter, and is basically Paradise Lost Part 2. Uh, I then read that in one night, because, as I said, not very long. Um, so we'll get into that in a second. My suspicions uh, as to who was responsible for all the murder attempts were confirmed in this book. It was obviously Mrs. Ryan. What sealed this for me is, and I'm going to trigger warning for potentially abusive, like older slash younger person sexual relationship here, is that Upton says that he lost his virginity to an older woman, a kind of Mrs. Robinson figure, and that she had a, a gold necklace on that like scratched him a bunch. And that's what he reveals to Reed. Reed asks him no questions about this. And then obviously we get the scene where he flees their attempted hookup to, she assumes, comfort Poppy. But actually he's gone after Mrs. Ryan because it is obviously Mrs. Ryan. It takes Reed a long time to catch up to this, but Suspicion is probably one of my favourite books in a while because it is quite dramatic. Not only does Reed have to be rescued from the sea after spending three hours treading water in the complete darkness thinking she's going to die, uh, but there's also continued attempts on her life uh, in the form of an abduction that takes place when she's on her way to a romantic rendezvous uh, with Upton. She's abducted by two men who take her to a, a tiny uninhabited island in the area and say they're going to execute her because they're being paid to kill her, obviously by Mrs. Ryan. She manages to tell them that Upton is hugely wealthy, and if they go to him, they can get paid twice and not have to kill anyone. They then go to talk to Upton, but they leave her on this island without food or water for six days. So she spends six days trying to survive using the contents of her tiny dinner purse um, and a bottle of Evian, which she happens to find under a bush. So... That's quite dramatic and exciting. It's kind of transparently obvious that Mrs. Ryan is behind all of this. But Reed does manage to do some pretty clever stuff to get herself out of that situation, including utilising some information about a poisonous plant, which she learned about in the preceding book. So that's quite exciting. She's then rescued and uh, transported back to land, uh, at which point Mrs. Ryan says that Unfortunately, the ambulance hasn't arrived yet, and Upton should probably go down to the police station to answer some questions, leaving Reed alone with her, where in the space of like three pages, Reed works it out, confronts her, and then Mrs. Ryan is overpowered, so Reed is completely safe. This isn't even the bombshell of the book. Like, a lot of exciting stuff happens in Suspicion. The end of the book, we are confirmed that Graham and Sawyer's dad is going to be the new headmaster of Eastern Academy after all of, you know, the scandals. And that they're going back there with them. So these two new characters are now going to be attending the school, which is good because, you know, we need some new blood. Pun intended, because, you know, a lot of them have died. And then in the final chapters, Reed feels that something is wrong. Like there's overheard discussions between Noel's dad and the, the new headmaster about something being unavoidable for the good of the school. And then in the final pages, they return. Reed is 
adopt it back into Billings' house. They round the corner with all their luggage, and Billings' house is gone. It has been demolished, except for one wall, which poignantly falls down during this final scene. Billings is no more, and it feels like these two books have been kind of like a hard reset of the series. You know, we've introduced new characters, Billings has been scrapped. It feels like kind of a fresh start for everybody, which is good. It's injected some like new life and interest into the book. Like, we're not going into the rest of this four-part set wondering about a murderer, wondering about, you know, the same sort of things that we've been worrying about for the first eight books. We're going to be talking more about like the future of Billings here, which is more interesting to me. Also, the next book in the series, Scandal, um, says that Billings is being revived as a secret society. And I think we're beginning to see the edging in of like the discovery that Billings was originally founded as a secret society uh, on the basis of this spell book in the prequel. So we're getting back to our roots, hopefully ushering in some witchy stuff. And I'm cautiously optimistic because we're finally getting to the point at which I get to read about witchy stuff, which, to be honest, can't come a moment too soon. We still have two books to get through before we get to the prequel, so the video after the next one will actually have witchy stuff in it. I will put witches in the title in, in big capital letters or something so that if you haven't been enjoying this series, you'll know that we're finally getting into some witchy content and it's all going to be exciting. In the meantime, do let me know if you have another like young adult series that you want me to get to after this, because this is the first one that I've actually been excited about since reading like the Circle of Three series and the Wicker series, respectively. It has been really good and really fun. I do enjoy reading young adult books and teen fiction because, honestly, I can plough through them really fast. They're super dramatic and exciting, and I love reading stuff that's super dramatic and exciting, so... I'm all up for another series if you can think of one. I might go back and give the Michelle Cree's Hex series a read if uh, you guys are up for that as well. But in the meantime, I will catch you in the next one. Bye!